You are listening to Yeah, Beer and That Podcast, Brewers Edition. Same old host. <laughs> oh, jeez. I forgot about that. Blank. Blank. Brand new content. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right. Well, hello and welcome, everybody. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm here with uh, Simo and Camo again. Uh, we got another another podcast coming at you, but this time we're doing what we have always intended on doing, and that's uh, speaking to great people in the uh, the craft beer industry. So um, we're here with Alan uh, from uh, Victor's Place, uh, McLaren Vale. Um, Alan, say good day and uh, g'day guys. tell us welcome. what's going on. Welcome. It's uh, great to see you. And I, I know there's good people coming to see us when they come at 10 a.m. and I say, is it too early for a beer? And they say, oh, we've had three already. <laughs> I lied. It was a big yeah. <laughs> We've actually had a little bit of a tour around the joint. And, mate, it is what a place this is, hey? It's unbelievable. It's a, it's a fun little playground for me. That's true. And, and fairly, it only recently opened too, mate. Um, we've been open to the public for just under a year. Yeah, well. We're, we're planning our anniversary celebrations. Which might involve a beer or two. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, we're just going to rem- remind the uh, the listeners now to. Uh, I've, I've already put a post up about this because this is in the past and we're in the future right now. Um, to to get your notes ready because uh, Alan's uh, going to be giving us some awesome uh, tasting notes for the for the beers we're going to be trying today, so we can uh, really uh, appreciate the beers and and the the effort that's gone into into brewing them. So. <laughs> um, Get them ready. Uh, what, what's the first one we're going to be uh, getting into, Alan, you reckon? Uh, this is one of our newest creations. Uh, it's a Semillon Saison Sour. So it's our first little uh, foray into the grape and grain experiments, which we're capable of doing here. How uh, interesting. Being a, a, an operational winery and brewery, uh, we get to try and blend those two worlds together uh, when the, the opportunity arises. It's so, like, because I've been to a lot of breweries, and looking at me, you wouldn't know, would you? But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I've never, I've never seen this kind of setup, and this is just awesome, mate. This is amazing. Like the uh, the beer and wine working together, because who doesn't love both? Let's be honest. Well, that's it. Um, it's it's a it's an expression that's used too often, but they do say it takes a lot of beer to make good wine. Uh, and if you see most winemakers at the end of the day on a vintage, they're certainly not sitting around sipping on Chablis. Uh, they tend to have a case of beer by their side and they're very happy for it. And you come from a wine background. Yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose that that's a, a real point of difference here is that my background is in winemaking. Um, I was a winemaker around McLaren Vale for 10 years before we started this. Um, started this operation with a, a great mate of ours, Luke Muir, who um, was a, a fantastic brewer. Uh, he helped get this operation up and running. Uh, and the um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great blend of the, the brewing and winemaking world. It, yeah, and it is, mate. And when you look around, there's uh, there's this lovely eating area just sitting just behind us here that overlooks the uh, was it the Onkaparinga? What is this show called? The yeah. National yeah. Park. Yeah. Uh, just, mate, I, I can't I was wait. just saying that one before with the restaurant inside, um, with the glass doors separates from if people want to have fine dining to come out and have a beer and relax and look at the hills. It's, yeah. But through glass, you know, some places seem to separate. They want, I don't know, the kids or the drunken guys in one corner and the people that, you know, they want to entertain with a glass of wine in that corner. But you sort of mix and match and it works really well and everyone gets the same view. Yeah, look, it's, it's really important. fun actually catering for quite a, a wide range of people. Um, we've got a great restaurant here. Um, and I, I suppose I was saying to you guys earlier that if you, your expectations quite often are that you come to a brewery and you're going to have a bowl of chips and maybe a pizza and a, and a burger. Um, but because we're a winery as well, um, we do like to um, present some fine dining um, and things that really complement the wines, but also the beers. Uh, we've got a great feed me menu at the moment and we do beverage pairings with it. So you, you might get your entree with a semi-on saison uh, and then move on to a glass of Chardonnay with a, a bit of kingfish ceviche uh, and then we've got a great pumpkin dish that comes out with our red rye IPA so you, you really get to mix and match uh, and that's something people are really really enjoying well I'm drooling but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've actually asked the uh, the chefs in the kitchen to bring us out some duck liver donuts shortly oh, oh wow yeah. if, if that's not the, the ultimate beer snack I'm not sure I like all of the words in that sentence yeah. <laughs> Now, now we've just been uh, kindly brought out some uh, some of this. Uh, what is it? The semillon. This is semillon saison sour. So this came about, Tell us about it, mate. in the 2019 vintage. This this one just passed. Uh, all the grapes came in in about a three week period. There was a three week window, 
Um, normally we've got about three months, which means you can spread your different wines over your different vats and barrels and things. But because it was so condensed, I very quickly filled up our winery side of things and realized that I was out of space. So the, <laughs> the 10 heck beer fermenter suddenly became a semi-on fermenter, um, which is perfectly good. And in fact, beer tanks are probably too good to put wine in. Uh, the beautiful pressure vessel is very clean and, and all the rest of it, whereas wineries can get away with like, less attention to detail yeah. when it comes to hygiene. <laughs> so the, the, the Semillon went in there, fermented six weeks is pretty standard. At the end of six weeks, uh, we pumped out the clear Semillon, but we left the dead yeast cells on the bottom, so all the leaves is referred to it, uh, with about 50 litres of um, uh, clear Semillon wine. We then brewed our Saison, our standard Saison recipe, straight in on top of it. Um, and the result is a saison, which is really lifted on the nose. I think the semillon actually helps lift the aromatics in this. In this yeah. Beer. Um, you get a little bit of the semillon character, which typically is a bit of like cut grass and a real citrus peel as well. But then you've got your saison characters coming through. That that typical I always refer to as like a barnyardy, um, hay, uh, late autumnal, oh, even yeah, and, yeah. and that banana ester thing yeah. that you get with a nice fruity um, yeah. saison. And then on the palate, it's incredible because it's all Saison up front and you think, well, oh, this, this is straight beer. But then the finish hits you and it's this white wine, acid lime, tight, clean. That's what it is. I was searching. Yeah. So was I. I was searching. I'm really good at describing it. Well, I'm drunk enough for this. Yeah. So the nose is something else though because it's not, it doesn't have that Saison funk that a lot of the Saisons have, which I find actually quite overpowering. This is so I do too. I don't often reach for because of that. Yeah. It can be quite overpowering, that bananiness. Yeah, yeah. There's a fine line. There's a fine line. I like a bit of that through. estuary character that comes yeah. through, but if yeah. you start getting burnt banana peel, yeah. it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not for well. everyone. Yeah. You, you know, for me, this is almost like if you wanted to introduce someone to Saison's, uh, and like they love, no, I've had a Saison before, I'm not into it, yeah. I'd go try this. This is yeah. right up there. And mate, can you hit the nail on the head? So yeah. you must have brewed this, what, like a hundred times? Well, that's the interesting <laughs> thing. I only had one crack at it. I said I, I could try and do a little pilot batch, but by the time I get the pilot batch through, the, the Semillon's out of the tank, and it was a it was a one-off. Um, it just kind of had to happen. In my head, I was hoping it would turn out like this. Uh, there were a few fingers being crossed, um, but I'm, I'm really happy with it. And you, you have to do that sometimes. You have to throw a cross into the wind and trust your instinct. So is this going to be like a limited edition, or is this going to be a state We'll see what happens next vintage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. right. it's, it's one of those things, that if, it, if, if the stars align and, and, it, and it feels right, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but, you know, there's, there's plenty of other combinations you can do with grape and grain. Um, I love the idea of using a little bit of Grenache leaves um, in, in, a, in a sour beer, uh, maybe putting it into a 750ml bottle with a, a cork and cage oh, on it, put it in oak for a couple of years even, you know, let, it, let it get a bit funky and wild, so... It's, it's the joy of having a, a setup like this with a winery and the brewery integrated in the one space. Um, you, you, the world's your oyster. And on any given day, you might just come up with this, this uh, uh, brand new idea. A light glow moment. It goes <laughs> on. That's Here we go. Just, <laughs> well, well, let's hope that the stars align again because this, mm. is, this is amazing. So uh, you obviously have to get down here as soon as you possibly can because I'm looking at Stimo and me and we're going we're gonna to drink as much of this as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Come down and grab a bit. Um, now, on that and the and the brewery and stuff, if how did you get into into this particular industry, mate? Like, because uh, I know this building. If you're from Adelaide, you've seen this building a few times, uh, and you know, fairly old. Look, it's it's actually a, a difficult place. place not to drive past when yeah. you're coming down, down south. <laughs> yeah, uh, to get into McLarenville from Adelaide, you 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 need to drive past us, and that was the the first thing that really drew us the the, the space. Um, you come around this bend in the road, and it, it, it's at that moment that you feel like you're entering McLaren Vale. It feels for me, it was always the gateway yeah. to the Vale. You come <laughs> over that hill, and suddenly the, the views open up. Yeah. You've got space. You see the first vines uh, up on the horizon, and you, you kind of feel like I've, I've left the city behind. The expressway is far behind me. Here we are. Uh, let's take some some booze. Sit back and relax. That's it. So I, I was a winemaker at Darrenburg Winery for ten years before we they had the idea to start this. Uh, living in Port Norlunga locally, I would drive past this space uh, twice a day, every day. And I always thought some idiot needs to do something there. And I, I got tired of waiting for an idiot, so I put my hand up. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like an idiot having, having started something like this. But um, we're getting a lot of great feedback. It's, it's a great space. It's really fun. Um, and like I said, uh, winemakers love beer. Um, it's a fact. Uh, and uh, mate and I started this. Um, 
and uh, yeah, there was no looking back really. Yeah, did you, did you want to tell us a bit more about? Absolutely, about yeah. yeah. So the, the beginnings were um, my my trusted lead seller had at Darrenburg, his name Luke Muir. Uh, he was an avid brewer. Uh, he bring cakes in for us all the time and at the end of a, a vintage day he'd crack them and talk us through his magical creations uh, so this was always a, sh- a shared dream for the two of us um, it's quite a tragic story in that uh, he was fighting bowel cancer for a number of years before we got this off the ground uh, he was doing quite well um, and as we opened things went downhill and uh, we lost Luke uh, just just over, uh, just under a year ago um, but he taught me a lot about brewing and he taught me to, to persevere and we do a lot of this to honor him uh, honor his name what he started so the first five beers that were on tap are his recipes um, i still stick truly to those recipes um and use those inspiration for new creations as well but i mean, he'd be so proud hey like these are <clears throat> yeah, really proud. What, what you've done here is we're is extremely proud that even in those tragic days as we knew we were losing luke um, he was able to see the place uh, full of people drinking his beers, congratulating him on what he'd achieved. Um, and that was a, it was, a, it was a fitting way for, for Luke to go out on top. Well, here's to Luke, boys. Hey, Luke. Yeah, uh, cheers. cheers. Of, uh, cheers no, absolutely. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Really um, look, the first bit of time was really, really hard, and I couldn't really talk about it. Um, but now I realise it's kind of bad beauty. To, it take, to mate, takes a lot of guts. I mean, we re- honestly, we really appreciate this. Oh, that's right. It's just hard to find the right words sometimes. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. don't, yeah, don't, yeah. If you feel like you don't want to do it or don't. No, no, that's, that's why right. I just asked for a couple of minutes. But, yeah, um, yeah. Well, well, good now. Look, <laughs> what, what a legacy to leave behind, though. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's that's something we're proud to show his family as well. Yeah. Um, they're able to come in here and they taste his recipes. And um, For them, it's a, it's kind of a place to come in on him. So we actually think put the plaque just there. Yeah. So oh, people come up yeah. and look down at the brewery and it's just yeah. a nice show in memory of our founding brewer. Yeah. Yeah, was, I've sort of gotten through that dark phase and now it's, it's about honouring him and explaining to people what he achieved. So thanks for giving us the opportunity for that. No, no, mate, right. thank you. Again. It's a really good it's forum for it too. Like, yeah. It would be his crowd listening to this, so it's great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever we can do extra, mate, yeah, you make sure you let us know. This yeah. is uh, unbelievable, you know. Yes, I'm never no. going to be easy to talk about, is it? That's no, not, but it gets easier. It, it does. It definitely okay, well, that's, that's yeah. good news. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. 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 So when you first bought this place, it was a bit derelict? Yeah, there was nothing here, really. It was a falling down old derelict shearing shed uh, that was crumbling. Uh, built in the 1870s. Uh, last really used probably 30 or 40 years ago. Um, so the, there was a dirt floor. The uh, roof was completely caved in. Uh, termites had eaten out all the uh, beautiful old timbers, and yep. there was basically just the old stone walls left. And Are they the old stone walls? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what you can see there. So, um, it still owned by the same family? It was, it was, yeah, okay. yeah. They, they chopped the block up into a few smaller pieces from okay. the original farm that was okay. here. Um, but we had a really good stonemason mate uh, who, who came <laughs> and checked it out. We said, before we actually sign on the dotted line for this place, uh, can you come around and, and tell us if it's worth doing? And he said, you could do something here, but you need to do it now. And so another few winters, it's just going to keep falling down. Uh, all the mortar's starting to fall out of the, the walls, and they're about to go. So we said, all right, well, that's it. That's uh, that's our timeline. We need to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> and did he do most of the work for you then? Or yeah, he did yeah. a lot of the, the actual repair work uh, to the original building. Wow. Because that have someone you trust to do the work as yeah, well. That's yeah, yeah. And look, we found some great builders and a lot of amazing tradies and people that helped us out along the way. Um, people come in and have a look at the scope and the, of the project and, and you could see in their eyes whether they were keen to really <laughs> take on something of, of this sort of a challenge uh, or whether in their eyes it was going to be easier just to um, put a, a bulldozer through the places mm. on from scratch. So yeah. it, it took a long time to find the right partners, um, but we're really happy with how it's turned out you, now. You obviously didn't want to do that, like just knock knock it down. Like Absolutely not. You, it's, should, um, you should never do no, if, if that bond was not on this block and it was just a vacant block of land, we would have never even considered yeah. coming Okay, here. yeah. Um, it You've really kept the character. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It is. You it can is. tell that, like, walking through the, the dining area and that, though, that everything is just, like, I don't know, there's, like, a, a charm to it that the new modern, you know, restaurants very warm. don't have. It's yeah. very warm, yeah. I think it has a lot of character. Yeah, <laughs> you, it's hard to build this sort of thing from scratch. You need that the, the, the old material there to give you inspiration, but... I can't take credit for that, to be honest. I've, I'm really proud of my production area, my brewery, and my winery. Um, it's my wife, Katrin, who runs the front of house. And it, if, there's, if it looks beautiful up there, it's, it, it's 
credit to her. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I find beauty in stainless steel and wooden <laughs> oak barrels that are stacked six high. But um, she, she's better in uh, the, yeah, the front of house side of things. That's for sure. So no, we did walk in there before and we had a bit of a look around. What 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 is in these uh, the barrels at the moment, mate? And, uh, That's all the 2019 uh, reds. Uh, a bit of Chardonnay and Fiano, some white varieties as well. Uh, so I'm actually busy blending those up to create the 2019 wines. Um, awesome. Get those bottled up so everything's empty to do it all over again just, next year. Just quickly, I know it's beer podcast, but Fiano, is that a reasonably new grape to Australia? Yeah, yeah it is. Um, it's an it's Italian, Italian grape. Yeah. yeah, it does really yeah. well in the warm yeah. climate. Yeah. And that's what we're all looking for now is grapes that will stand up to climate change, stand up to the increasing, yeah. increasingly warm vintages that we're having. Um, so there's a lot of alternative varieties coming over. Is that more of a dry wine or...? Look, it depends on how you make it. Yeah, really. okay. um, but yeah, we we all of our wines are, are dry. Um, yeah. I put it, I put them in a little bit of oak, some old oak. Um, probably getting off the beer topic here now, but see, that's what happens when you come to a place. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so, good. They're going to educate themselves today. They go hand in hand, don't they? Oh, so. look, the amount of people that come and say, "Look, I, I love beers, but once I've had a couple of pints and I have something to eat, I want a glass of red." Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah we certainly cater for that. Or, um, you know. A couple comes in, and one of them's a beer drinker, one's a wine drinker, um, and I'm I'm amazed at how often it is the lady that comes in and says, "I drink saison, I love saison, wow, I kind of saison," good. and the guy says, "I'm a chardonnay drinker, I'm a glass of chardonnay." So we've learned <laughs> very early on not to stereotype people. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. I, I love the way that the industry is moving that way as well. We're seeing a lot more, you know, obviously women in beer and, and brewing, and it's a great thing. And and the same way, seeing yeah. the guys actually go out and try, you know, the the whites and the and all that kind of thing, because really pigeonholing yourself and you're missing out on such a wide yeah, variety of amazing. Yeah. I think the public beers. now are getting more educated about wines and and beers now, so you know, I think the industry is going in the right direction as well, and it gives you, I guess, you gives you legs to experiment a bit more as well, and and people are more. Yeah, and it, it stops the, the arguments of people coming down to McLarenvale because now that we're so lucky, there's at least another half dozen breweries to go and visit. Um, and, you know, there's hundreds of wineries down here these days. Um, you don't have to argue about whether you're going to a brewery or a winery anymore. You just come here. <laughs> you can do beer tours instead of <laughs> yeah. wine tours. That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. 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 And uh, you were also telling us just before about the, uh, what is it, the FIBA? Yeah, is that right? <laughs> we call it a, a, underground? A loose, it's a loose business association, as we call it, but it's actually just a bunch of drinkers that get together, and it's it's all the breweries down here. Um, so it's uh, Dan at Swell and, and the Goodisons over at Goodisons, of course, and Shifty Lizard in Wollonga, the guys at South Coast, uh, the guys down in Maipunga, Smiling Samoy come along, the new place down at Fork Tree. Um, everyone comes in. Uh, I mentioned the guys at South Coast as well. Um, and we meet up once a month or so, and it's great fun. Um, it's it's almost like a therapy session. We talk about all the, the issues in your breweries and, and all your headaches and, and things. It's really good fun. Um, although the headaches the next morning can be a bit rough. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. But there's a great bunch of people out here doing amazing things. Um, and it's great to be a part of. And the, the brewing industry has taken on what the wine industry has always done down here. Really supportive, looking out for each other. Um, I needed a couple of the other day that one of mine snapped and I, I sent an email and within half an hour there were an offer of four guys down here that said I could drop it off on my way through <laughs> and that's what we love down here it's great isn't that yeah. so, so, good. A, so good and refreshing to hear because um, look we're, we're actually all sparkies. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine me sending an email out to anyone saying my vault stick's broken uh, yeah, get your own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. Yeah. It's that kind of industry. And look, we, we all get into it because we like a, a fun time. We're not hard-nosed businessmen by any means. Um, it's probably why we're all broke. But um, <laughs> and, and it's very like-minded people to get into this. So yeah. It's, it's good fun. It's, so, it's so good and so refreshing. And, uh, look, I, mate, I just, I'm just bamboozled by all the outlets. <laughs> we're sitting on this amazing deck overlooking the uh, just scenery. Yeah, and beautiful it's, uh, green at this time of year as well. Just, just beautiful. Mm. It's, it's great in summer as well when everything's dry and, mm. and, and quite brown and our lawn is still nice and green and the, <laughs> the beers are nice and cold. Yeah, it's, it's still a great place to be. Oh, that's excellent. Now, I've got, I've got one, one last question from the, from the first segment here, mate. It's, I think I know the answer, but I need to know. Did you homebrew at all or did you go straight to this big kit here? <laughs> if you ask my wife, Katrin, if I homebrewed, she would tell you a funny story about, but, well, it goes back to me living in Tasmania. Uh, this is many years ago, and my mates down there got me into homebrewing. 
Um, and I was there for six months for a limited time. So I brewed as much beer as I possibly could and then had a huge going away party where we drank it all. Now, I, I can't vouch for the quality of the beers. Um, <laughs> it was my first foray into it. But yeah, I've done a bit of home brewing. And when we lived in Richmond in uh, Melbourne days, we had a one-room apartment, and of course, the fermenter was in the corner, <laughs> burping away next to her bed. As, as we so she's quite happy I've got a big shed there. Right? Hey, yeah. <laughs> it smells a container. <laughs> well, yeah, but um, I, I mentioned Luke before, and he put some amazing brews together. I'm very lucky to inherit his recipes uh, and um, his uh, passion for it as well. Um, there was a moment we went over to Melbourne to actually source our brew house. Um, he took me to this great little beer bar and he showed me a Lambeck beer. Uh, and it just opened my eyes to the fact that beer can have just as much terroir as wine. Um, it has a real sense of place and history. Um, and it's not just who's making the biggest IPA at the moment. It's it's about being true to historical recipes and traditions that you know have been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years through Europe and that's where we get a lot of our inspiration from. That's so so also so good to hear this is mate I will marry me. <laughs> <laughs> so over the heavy IPAs and Nepas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Should be listening later. <laughs> All right, so what we'll do is we'll, we'll wrap it up there for segment one. Um we're gonna take a quick short little break. Uh, and we're going to come back in with uh, a bit of talk about, you know, uh, the brewery and stuff now and, and uh, you know, uh, Victor's Place now and uh, and things of that nature. So, uh, we'll wrap up really quickly and we'll, uh, we'll see you in about five. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, boys. We're back again. And girls, sorry. I keep doing that. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're back from our uh, little siesta and uh, we have... An amazing beer, <clears throat> amazing looking beer in the in front of us right now. So, uh, Alan, what are, what are we what are we got? Well, this is our Red Rye IPA. Um, it's one of our newest creations, and look, we we don't focus much on IPAs here. Um, we we kind of let others do their the triple and quadruple hops IPAs, but when we do one, we try and keep it all about balance. Um, I always want to play with a bit of rye. Um, I love that. First of all, I love the red colour in the glass. I just think that's yeah. so satisfying, just just to look at. Um, it's got a nice, clear hue. Um, uh, yeah, clarity's fantastic. Um, and it's nice got that... retention as well. Yeah. Uh, copper, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, real copper colour. Um, and then that's... it's For me, it's a spiciness that rye brings to a beer. Um, it's, it's a subtle spiciness, isn't it? But it's, yeah. it's definitely there. Yeah. Um, we try to use hops that are going to um, bring out that spicy character of the rye. So we use a bit of Simcoe and Citra. Uh, a bit of Magnum for bittering, which is kind of it's kind of our house bittering um, up, which we, we just love, and we're we're not, we're not shy of bitterness in a beer. Um, I'm probably if I'm ever hop heavy, it's going to be on the the bittering side as opposed to that you know the dry hop, the aromatic, yeah. um, modern IPA style. Yeah. Um, so it is an IPA. Um, there, there's certainly uh, plentiful hops there, uh, but I like to think it's all in balance with the malt profile as well, and that's that's something we we aim for. Even, you know, if you're talking about our beers or our wines, it's, it's really all about balance. <laughs> oh, man, having you balance this. I'm it's just, quite a creamy head, really. That, that's what I was yeah, looking at. I am, this is like a cappuccino yeah. foam on top of this, and that's yeah. one thing that I love I, is a, is a mm. nice head on a beer. Keep that cap on it, and that, that is just... It's still staying there, the cap, and I really like it's that. It's lasting. Yeah. Tight bubbles. <clears throat> oh, it's, it's refreshing, though, as well. You know, some, some IPAs really suck the... Suck the, the the life out of your mouth there, but this is just I want to keep sipping this, and I <laughs> maybe pause for five minutes. For like... <laughs> yeah, uh, and and look, that's that's something for me coming to brewing from a winemaking background. Um, I I struggle with heavily hopped beers. Um, winemakers tend not to like too much bitterness or that really fruit forward um, character that you get with the with, with some. Overly dry hopped beers. That's that's what I found. Um, now that's just my um, my palate speaking. Um, Luke was very similar. He, he wasn't a huge fan of you know heavily hopped IPAs. Um, probably a bit more about traditional styles. Yeah. Um, but with this beer in particular, it's 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 about balance. Um, and I I describe it as just having that real autumnal earth, um, spicy character. A bit of that citra brings a little bit of that citrus lift as well. Uh, but people make fun of me because my descriptors are always from a, from the wine making side of things. That's something we were, we were talking about just before, and uh, it, it was especially the way you were 
describing that saison, you really nailed it for, for us. Like the, we were, we were searching for what we could taste and you, you just hit the head. So you've obviously got a, an amazing palate on you. Oh, it's a, it's a bit of a joke when all the brewers down here get together. They're all talking about the malt profile and everything. And I'm, and I'm carrying on about autumnal floor. It's uh, <laughs> go make more wine, Al. <laughs> Should we have a quick guess on the ABV? Okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely, we can. Maybe. I um, I just the, the nose. I could keep my nose oh, yeah. in that glass all yeah. day, mate. You've just done the head in the trough. Well, oh, this would be this would be a five percent or something like that. I would I would guess but just because it's an IPA. I don't. I'm not I don't know. tasting overly alcoholic. Yeah, I'll ten towards five and a half. Yeah. Look, it's at, it's six three. Wow. Okay. Um, but it, yeah. it holds it really well. It holds yeah, it very it well. Like yeah. this is for me. I I could really. Just drink this all day. <laughs> <And> now, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I personally think once you get above that six three, six four, six five point, um, things start to get a little bit heavy. Um, the viscosity yeah. of the beer changes, um, and you almost get like a, a, a cloying sweetness on the palate. If you drink pure alcohol, which you know, we would never do, but if you, if you ever did, um, <laughs> it, it, it tastes very hot, obviously, but it's also sweet. There's a real alcohol sweetness. Okay. Um, and again, coming to brewing from the wine industry, once wines get too heavy in alcohol, um, they, they do start to appear sweet. It's the, the alcohol sweetness that you're tasting. Um, on the other hand, I, you know, I, I really like sitting down drinking three pints of beer and not falling off my chair. That's, we, we talked about that a lot recently, recently haven't we? <laughs> yeah. I'm very much a session hour drinker. Yeah, eight or nine percent. Yeah. We sit and do this a lot and, uh, yeah. We normally drive. Yeah. <laughs> and look, that's the other thing. We're out in, in uh, a rural area. Uh, people tend to have to drive to get to us. Um, yeah. If you're serving 8% beers, um, well, for one thing, I, I personally don't think they're that enjoyable on the palate. I think, yeah. again, out of balance. It comes back to that balancing that we're trying to do. Um, mm. But, you know, you, you also need to get home in a responsible manner. Um, yeah. Plus, this beer tastes good. I, I, I want to drink three pints. Of beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, talk about uh, the canning setup here, because I'm probably going to buy a couple of takeaways from you, Because uh, this one for me is a absolute winner for me. Yeah. Look, the, the business model here is never to take over the world. I think there's enough brewers trying to do that already. Um, we really like connecting with our customers um, and talking through each beer with them, having that conversation, um, quality control, knowing that every beer that we pour at Victor's Place is up to scratch um so it's all on premise at the moment um the only way you get our beers is, is coming to victor's place uh which is a very different model um but it's one that we're, we're really happy with at the moment um we did want to give people the opportunity to take the beers away uh so we i was on a trip to america um over there and they, every single little town had their own little microbrewery it's fantastic it's it's really good fun uh went to one place and they had a hand cranked canning machine <laughs> I said that's that's too good to take note of. Uh, so after purchasing a few hand cranked beers to take away with me, uh, I got the name of the place, and we've actually imported our hand cranked canning machine from a place in Wisconsin. Amazing! Wow. Yeah, so yeah. taking wow. it right from there. It took about six months to get it get it over here. Uh, we had to send our Australian cans to the states so they could re-engineer the actual closing mechanism <laughs> on, on this machine. Um, the, things, the things you learn about when you become a brewer, um, apparently there's a slightly different edge on the bevel of the can, which is something I've never really discovered. But um, the, the bevel on an Australian can is different from the angled bevel on an American can. So their machines are all set up for American cans. We said, we don't want to import American cans just to have a canning machine over here. Can yeah. you remodel your machine to suit our cans? And they said, sure. So we had to send about 100 cans over for them to get it right, and they didn't quite get it, so we had to send another 50 cans over. Uh, and after four months, they said, yeah, we've got it, we'll send it over. So I think we have the only imported hand-cranked canning machine. You'd have to. <laughs> <laughs> but people love it, and it's it's really theatrical as well, and you get a, a fresh tap beer to take home with you. Well, that yeah. has to be the best way to, to give takeaway beers. Yeah. Sure. Sure. The other way would be what doing a growler, but... For me, I think doing the cans would be more refreshing. Because if you open a growler, let it sit there for a couple of days in the fridge, it's not as fresh. No, exactly. as getting us, you know. It, it, it comes back to what, uh, making sure that you're giving your customer the, the beer at its optimal quality point. Yeah, and, and a growler, sure, if you if you take it home, split it between four people and drink it straight away, it's fine. Uh, but for those people that throw it in the fridge for a couple of days and then yeah. start drinking it, your beer's not looking very good. So we, <laughs> no, we made the no. decision. Uh, go with a canning machine. Uh, everything's going to be fresh. It's all perfectly sealed. Uh, we do tell people to drink it within a couple of days. 
yep. just to make sure it has optimal quality. Um, and it's great. We've got six beers on tap. People come in, they have three pints, say, oh, that's enough, I've got to drive home. They say, well, why don't you take the other three in a can with you? So it's a great day. Yeah. Good. And yeah, that's the other thing about you talking about you, you pretty much, you know, only serve on site here. That's the best way. You, you're keeping control of your product, like, to the to the end user. That's, like, I, I love that about this place is that you're not just doing it to just get your beer out there. You're, you're yeah. giving us the product in its best form. Yeah. And my it. God, are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh. Thank you. Yeah, we're happy with this one. Yeah, I'm gonna finish mine pretty soon. <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, of balance before, uh, Alan, uh, the wine and beer balance you've got going on going on here. How how do you maintain that, and uh, how do you how do you find time to to do both? Oh, I just don't take any days off. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but when when your job is your hobby, it doesn't feel like you need a day off. Yeah. It's it's actually quite good. Um, the it, living the dream, really. Isn't it? Well, it's good because it goes in these amazing cycles. Um, you know, during vintage, when the grapes are coming in, you're purely wine-based. You, you're just so focused on the wine, except when you knock off at the end of the day and then you start drinking the beers again. But um, and, and then you know, vintage is done, you realise the beer stocks are really low, so you turn into a brewer again for a couple of weeks and get your stocks back up. Um, what I love about beer is that, it, for me, it's so liberating coming to it from a winemaking perspective. If you, the winemaker has a concept for a wine, they, they think about it and you start thinking about which vineyards would work and what fruit you want to put together in the blends. And from that time that you conceive the notion of a wine, it's probably two, three, four, five years before you actually have something in a bottle that you can share with people. With a beer, you start looking at recipes, you tweak, you think, oh, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that. And in three, four weeks, you've got it on tap. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Of course, all that about the wine industry. How you can possibly have to think two or three, four years ahead. You've got to be extremely patient. Excruciating. And it, it can be. Um, yeah. Even with all the patience in the world, you get a heat wave at the wrong time in March, mm. and all those plans are gone. Yeah. You know, that vineyard wow. just falls over and you can't make wine from it. Wow. Um, so having having the beer side really helps with some of the frustrations of the wine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you, you grab your recipe and you dial it in, and yeah, you, you need to do it a couple of times in a little pilot batch and whatnot, but um, it's... Yeah, the, the speed at which you can instigate change and tweak recipes. It's um, really interesting. Great. And I've, I've thought about it before, a bit like evolution. Um, if, if you've got bacteria, they're multiplying every single day. And you, you know, your bacteria changes in, in, it'll have a thousand generations in a week. Um, you look at, you know, primates and it, it's taken us many Hundreds of millions of years to get where we are now. Some of those. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. Yeah, I'm pointing point at you, yeah, but you got in early. You got in I early. served that up on a plane. <laughs> yeah, I was just too slow on the volley. Yeah. There we go. No, I'll probably go off on a tangent, but it's you can change beers so quickly, mm. and you can make up your mind and, and change it uh, overnight, and uh, the result is instantaneous nearly compared to what you're doing with wine. Okay. And that's, I guess that's something that I didn't really personally understand. I'm guessing a lot of our listeners won't either. So that's that's a, a major point that I can't kind of bring up. Um, and speaking of speaking of the playing with the recipes, like, uh, are you working on anything in particular now, or what? What do you got planned for future beers and, and, uh, and we, things of that? Nature? We made a Berliner Weisse last summer, um, and we only did one batch of it. And people come in and they they still want it, even in the middle of winter. Um, it was a sour cherry Berliner Weisse. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure my wife drank most of it. <laughs> Sampled most of it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah quality control. There's and the fruit was from a, a mate of yours at Wollonga? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've got a mate that owns the cherry farm up there. So he saved some of the prime sour cherries uh, that came in. Uh, and the guys in the kitchen here do an amazing job. So they turned it into a nice sour uh, cherry syrup. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that was incredible. Um, but this year we're thinking to possibly use a bit of our rosé wine in the Berliner Weisse and make a rosé Berliner Weisse. Um, I reckon the fruit profiles work really, really well. Um, I, I love doing sour beers, especially uh, kettle sours. Yeah. Um, I leave them overnight to do their lacto phase. Um, and uh, our brew house is set up perfectly. You can just hold it steady, 39 degrees, 12 hours, um, just watch the pH drop, keep tasting, tasting until you want to just knock it on the head and, and stop that, that lacto. Um, so you walk in in the morning, and it's like someone's just made a massive pot of wheat bix and yogurt. <laughs> so I get, it's just, just get this big hit of wheat, and it's yeah. it's like waking up in the morning, and then and this yogurt hit from the lacto doing its thing. It's great. I love it. And it's probably the closest beer style that you get to, to winemaking. 
because okay. you're looking at acid levels, you're controlling this kind of secondary fermentation of the lacto bugs, this bacterial fermentation that's happening. Um, you're looking at flavour profiles and, and you, you, you're tasting, you're looking at your pH, but at the same time, it's that nice balance between science and art. You're looking at your numbers, oh. but you're tasting and trusting your palate at the same time. So sour beers are certainly something that we're really keen to continue with. Um, I'm really keen for you to get into it, mate. <laughs> one, one of our next beers is going to be a, a goza. Um, Lovely. So, salted sour beer, yeah. essentially. We want to use local seawater for that. Um, yeah, looking at little pilot batches at the moment. Um, and that's that's another really exciting beer. Um, and again, I, I just picture sitting here in summer, hot day, and you've got this slightly salty, sour goza beer going. In. I, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, one of my notes here is, what do you guys do different to others? <laughs> Everything. I'm going to through that question with you right now. Right, that one's yeah. done. Uh, it's unique, just, it? It's just so Curious. unique, yeah. so cool. And the way you want to use, you know, the community around you, like it just speaks volumes about this place and what you guys are about. And it's, it's so, I keep saying it, but it's so refreshing and so great to see, you know, a place like this that it actually exists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so look, rare. what the kitchen is doing is amazing as well. It's all locally sourced. Yeah, tell us um, about that. Tell us about your kitchen and what, and what you guys are dishing up and stuff. Oh, like uh, look, I had to drive up to Woodside the other day mm-hmm. to knock on the farmer's door to get some some prime steaks uh, uh, that we're doing some beautiful Angus beef. Uh, so it's locally sourced, um, and they've got an amazing challenge on their hands. Um, you go to a, a standard brewery, and you're going to be making pizzas and burgers yeah. and chips and things, which is great. Don't get me wrong, I, I love that sort of food. Yeah, 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 me too. Um, and, yeah. Oh, I don't touch the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> you eat it, you don't touch it. <laughs> um, yeah. He got a troll. <laughs> Sorry, you set that up. <laughs> got me, got me. Um, uh, but then you, you go to um, high-end wineries <laughs> and you're going to be eating you know, five-star food. So for them, it's that challenge of, Finding that middle ground yeah, um, yeah. where you, you, you're making all of your customers happy. Um, I reckon they're about to bring out some duck liver donuts now as well. Oh. So that, yeah, mm. that'll give you a little taste for what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. um, but they've, they've really, you know, they're in on the ethos of, of what this place is all about. Is it seasonal? You change the menu seasonally? Yeah. 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 yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah. As I assume you would be for local produce. Yeah, well, it's so easy on the Florida. Yes. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go far. It's a good community down in the Florida, isn't it? It is. It is. Like I was saying before, everyone's just so supportive. Yeah. Um, friends of mine, when, when we told them what we're up to, this crazy scheme, they said, oh, but what are the other wineries going to think when you, you're opening up? What are the other restaurants? It's, it's a big competition, and it's not like that at my, all. my old man lives in Longville, and he is Carlton Craft drinker, liquid gold, he calls it. Ah, I don't yeah. anything else. Fourth tree opens and he's down there every week. That's it. <laughs> what do you like down there? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just there because it's it's a local place yeah. to go and it's a really yeah. good place to mingle. And they've had some um, Christmas shows down there with some people and it's incredible. And and I've got a sister that plays netball down there and they they just love it. Everyone helps each other out. There's horse riding and, and they go to all these yeah, yeah. And they go down Smiling Samoid from there with a the group and it's amazing. It really is. Yeah, it's a it's a really supportive place. Part of. Yeah. And uh, well, on that and stuff, uh, well, your, your brewery, mate. Tell us, tell us a bit about what you going, you got going on down there, because I know people are dying to know what what you've got that makes this amazing liquid here. Yeah, we, we did decide to invest in good equipment. Um, okay. That's that's uh, that that was a major factor for us. We we looked at it and said you can you can piece it together, you can um, start welding up old tanks and stuff. But we we thought if we really want to ensure quality, we've got to go with uh, some of the best gear. So. We ended up with a five-heck uh, system from Spark Brewing. Um, it's got a very small footprint. It's a two-vessel system where the mash tun uh, later becomes the kettle, um, and that's that's been great. So two five-heck fermenters as well, and a ten-heck fermenter, um, all you know, glycol cooling. Um, we we didn't skimp on the, the winery side. Of, uh, sorry, on the brewery side of things. We did skimp on the winery side of things, <laughs> um, but that's all right. You needed some coin for the brewery. Um, it's it's a really good size for us uh, in that we can pump out these these five heck batches. It means I'm not brewing three times a week. Yeah. Um, on average, I brew about once a week. Um, okay. And that's a, that's just a nice, comfortable figure for us. It it hasn't become a chore yet, uh, which is important. You know, as as you're doing things, you want to you enjoy need to, it. You need to enjoy it. Yeah. You need to love it. Um, yeah, and it's uh it's great. It's a nice shared space as well. 
Um, a lot of the pumps can be used for the wine and the beer. Excellent. Um, like the Semillon Saison is a great example of, I was in a pinch, needed a tank for the, the Semillon wine, stole the beer fermenter, and that became an amazing beer at the end of the day. Oh, mate, did it what? Yeah. And just, and just looking at it down there, like, how, did you did you have any help deciding that you wanted the, the, the fermenters that you got or the brewery size that you got, or did you kind of... Uh, like, Luke, Luke and I spent many a night yeah. uh, and over a few pints uh, really planning out and, and, and planning the space. One of the challenges with starting from a blank slate is that you can do anything. Uh, yeah. the, the world's your oyster. You can, you can really position things as you like. At the same time, there's no guidance there. Uh, it's, a, it's a blank piece of paper that, that you need to draw. Um, but I'm, I'm really happy with how it's turned out. Um, people have asked, with any, any big mistakes that you made, anything that you do differently? Not really, no. Um, That's pretty good. <laughs> it, it, when, when one space can be managed by one person, uh, 20 ton of grapes, each vintage, um, and you know a, a five-pack batch of beer brewed once a week, um, I don't think we made too many mistakes. That's something that people should really understand is that Alan is it down there. <laughs> so He's the man. This man <laughs> is I'm a bit doing protective everything. of my cave, actually. <laughs> <laughs> So, so for you to be able to do all that on your own, mate, like uh, you should watch me make a cup of coffee. Like, it's, a, it's a two-person operation, so for uh, you to I, manage that whole space. I, I don't want to overshadow the amazing crew that we have here. Okay. Um, amazing staff. Uh, front of house is just amazing. The people come in and it's a, we, we're constantly told how warm and welcoming the place is. That's my wife, front of house. That's Cass, front of house. That's Beck, front of house. Just got great crew. Um, and the kitchen team. Um, yeah, they've been with us from day one. Um, there's three chefs in there. Uh, and their hearts and souls are in the place. They do amazing, amazing dishes, really long hours, um, and it's, it's a credit to them that the place is a success. If it was just me, I'd, I'd just be down there and shed a lot of booze. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great team, and uh, really need to give them all credit for it. No, well, definitely credit to all of them, and uh, again, a testament to you, mate, because, again, when we rocked up here, just greeted by smiles, and I don't know if you noticed, we are all a bit like, what's going on here? Because... We're not used to that. Oh, in we the were industry. too friendly. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, these girls are here. Yeah. So, if you want to have a good time, don't come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I, I try and get here about 8 30, 9 o'clock each morning, uh, and the kitchen always beats me to it. They're really? Here. Oh, they're here prepping and they're, they're running around and getting local produce in. Um, head chef Jesse White is the sous chef, uh, Tom, uh, a great team. Um, and the energy, it, it actually motivates me. Um, I feel like I can't take too much time <laughs> off because, oh, the kitchen guys are there. Um, but, yeah, they're doing amazing things. It's a really fun place to be. Good team. So, again, guys, get down here, check out Victor's Place because uh, you're missing out. If, if you're not here having a couple of beers on the uh, on the patio idea, you, you, you're 100% missing out. Um, so I reckon what you reckon segment two, boys? Uh, that's uh, we've wrapped, wrapped that up a bit. Um, we're going to take another very short break, and we'll be right back with you with uh, segment three, our final segment, where uh, we're going to talk a bit about the future for Victor's Place and try another another lovely Victor's Place beer. Thanks heaps, guys. All right, we're back again for our for our third and final segment. Um, and, and we've got another another lovely beer in front of us, Alan. And uh, please tell us what, what we're looking at and what we should be tasting and smelling. Sure, sure. Now, this was Luke's signature beer. Um, it's an extra special bitter. And probably one of the biggest compliments we get from this one is from actual English people who come in. <laughs> and they, they take one look at the ESB and they say, oh, that couldn't be any good. Yeah. Um, it's, we're in Australia, they can't do it, and they taste it and they love it, absolutely love it. So we sell a lot of cans of this uh, to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we sell plenty of this in can form to, to um, English people coming through, but it's not just the English that love it. Um, it's a really, again, it comes back to balance. It's a really nicely balanced beer. Um, it's got a slightly darker malt profile, but it finishes really crisp and clean. That's what I love about it. You can actually, this is a... A beer that's on the slightly darker end of the spectrum, but you can still drink in summer, and it's still really nice and, and refreshing. Yeah. Mm. It, it reminds me of a beer like that my dad would have given me, like, years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a, a lot of the IPAs and stuff we get now are so hop forward that it, it changes the way a beer tastes. Well, this, this tastes a bit more like an actual beer to me, like multi. Yeah, traditional beer, yeah. 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 And again, you know, that, that was our scope when we sat down and said, um, what do we want Victor's Place beers to be known for? How do we want to define ourselves? 
Um, and Luke had been through Europe, and I, I lived in Berlin for a couple of years with Katrin, and we, we were both rooted in the European style of beers. Um, probably not not so much trend chasing, uh, you know, figuring out who, what's the, the next IPA, what's the next Nipo, what's the next thing that everyone's suddenly starting to brew, but going back a little bit more into beers' roots um, and realizing what why are these traditional beers brewed and still drunk throughout Europe? It's because they're amazing. Um, and go back and look at those recipes and look at the, the history behind them. Um, and this is a perfect example of, of that sort of beer. Um, nice dark malt, malt profile, but still nice balanced bitterness, um, refreshing. Um, and yeah, when English people say they love it. That's a, that's a massive compliment. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Now, now, as a winemaker and, and drinker, I guess, what, what beers, what were the beers that you were attracted to, I guess, especially like I'm talking anywhere from any time, like you've been through Europe and tasted obviously some of the finest uh, European style beers, but what 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 was the attraction? I guess like what, uh, well, what, I, I lived in Berlin when I was twenty years old, so it was as much about volume as it was about <laughs> But luckily, I was in Germany, so you can't go really wrong. Uh, and I, I fell in love with the northern um, German styles of beer, that you know, a, a really firm bitterness. Uh, traditional pilsners, fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, a few gozers as well. Kristallweizen, and that's another beer that we're, we've got on the cards coming up soon. It's a, a okay. real traditional oh, Kristallweizen. Wow. Um, looking at different yeasts from, from Germany at the moment um, to, to really create those traditional styles. Um, wheat beer is one that I struggle with in, in Australia, so we're really trying to look back on those old recipes and um, you know, the, the proper yeast strains to use to really okay. those traditional crystal bites. Well. Okay. Yeah. You'd be one of the few people, I guess, who could actually taste taste the difference. Because, mate, I couldn't, I've never been... Europe, but I don't know. I've never tasted the crystal. Well, I'm lucky. I've got a German wife for that as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's not many pilsners around, or I, I don't. I don't see, see many in Adelaide anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, look, I, I'd love to do a, a traditional Bohemian pilsner style. Yeah. Um, I've been to Prague, Czech Republic, and it's just an amazing drinking culture. Uh, and the standard <laughs> of the beers, it, the Germans will only admit that they are second uh, to the to the Czechs. <laughs> Every German will tell you, yeah, the checks are pretty bright. <laughs> is that a fairly fair call as well? or is I that... think it is. Okay. I think it is. Yeah. 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 Some some of the beers over there, Gambrinus is one that springs to mind. Starro Prum is a, is, a, is a beautiful beer. Um, Budvar, Budvar Czech. Um, they, they just have this amazing perfume. And from a winemaker perspective, I don't know how to do it. Um, so that's that's one that's going to be a tough nut to crack. And I, I see a lot of Pilsners being made, um, a lot of attempts at it. Uh, to get it just right, there's a, there's a secret there. Um, yeah. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm searching for. But I think we'll get there. Yeah, yeah I might. Yeah. From the last few, you're definitely going to. I've got money on anyone to get it right in this place. So, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Oh, just, just, just more on this, though. Just the, the multi. the multi. Do you mind telling us maybe what you've got in this beer? Or is that a bit of a trade yeah, secret? Not at all. There's a lot going on in here. Um, and in all honesty, I'd oh. need to go back and get my notes to, to tell you exactly what's 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 in there. Um, but on top of the base malt, um, there's a bit of victory. There's a, a couple of different carafes being used. Uh, a little bit of roasted barley, um, okay. carafe on sparge only. Um, that's a little trick to, to not over, uh, <laughs> yeah, not, just not, not not to bring out too much bitterness in the grains. Um, and then um, in terms of hops, it's um, EKG. It's um, yeah, right. Can. Yeah. Because I get this lovely, like, it's like a, almost a subtle caramel, like, with this. I don't know if you boys get that as well, or is that? Yeah, I'm picking up a caramel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as, as much as I love that stays on, this is, this is, if I had to drink a carton, like, I'm, I'm taking this home with me. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of the unsung hero of our beer range, yeah. I think. Um, <clears throat> oh, it's wow. easily overlooked when you've got other things. And a, a big, rich stout as well uh, is something that we make, the Saison. It's a lot of attention. Uh, we do a very balanced IPA, and when you look at the six taps in front of you, those are the ones that, that jump out. Yeah, and, of and course. The ESB is often kind of forgotten, but I find you know people that really know their beers, they hone straight in on this, and they know, oh, that, all right, yeah, Victor's yeah. Place has attempted um, to do an ESB. Let's see what they can do. Do you um, find, like, when most people come in, they just go for a paddle just to try a bit of everything? Or they well, just go with what they know? When we first opened, we, we did the paddle thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we found we actually enjoy just doing a tasting now, a, a little bit more like a winemaker, like a wine experience. Uh, awesome. Just giving yeah, people a little taste of each one instead of a paddle and take away without the conversation. Mm. Um, it, it's a bit lost. Um, yeah. So we, yeah. we, we actually just offer little tastings now. Um, as opposed to the, to the paddle. Yeah. Um, and that's something we've been really happy with. 
Um, again, it's about explaining to people it's about that that verbal communication. I think on. that I think that really matters because um, when I've been to a few breweries, you, you get your tasting paddle, and then you forget what you've had. Yeah. You, you go, oh, what beer was that? Oh, and you get a bit confused. Yeah, true. A lot of people don't really label it properly in, in the paddle form, I suppose. Yeah, but, I think I think that's something. When you come to Victor's place, it's the, the trying the beers is almost like going to a winery cellar door. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more of that setup, um, and that's yeah. I guess that's that's a reflection of how seriously we take our beers. Um, we do like people to taste them. We like to talk about them. We like to explain, you know, the history of these uh, different beer styles. Um, so no, there's no paddles, um, but we get a lot of people coming in. Got a little sip of that. No worries. I just try that. Yeah, fine. And then they make up their mind to have oh, a yeah. schooner of that. I'm fine with that. Um, and yeah, we find that people actually understand the beers much better that way. Did you find like when they bring up like oh you know you did a caramel notes with this they go oh yeah I can kind of pick up that now and as soon as you as soon as you kind of describe and talk about it, they... Absolutely. It's like wine tasting. Wine, yeah. um, you go out wine tasting and someone says, oh, you know, this, you should get a bit of cut grass and, and melon on this. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, now, now I see it. Um, it's the power yeah, of suggestion sometimes. Yeah, it is. Um, and it's, it's learning that language as well. Um, tasting wines or beers or food or anything. It's about knowing the terms and being able to express yourself. I'd add another big one is uh, people, people knowing what they want to drink as well. And that's where I think that you guys, you know, sitting there and actually conveying, but this is this ESB is a good beer. Try this instead of going for whatever is going to look the best on Instagram or on their socials. Yeah. And that yeah. and that's another thing that I love about this place is that just just meeting everyone straight away, you can tell it's it's not just a, a job for people. It's actually it's a, it's really cool that they care about the product and and the people that are coming through. So it's a, it's another another testament to you guys. That, oh, it's a, it's a great little family here. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's good. Um, and of course, people like working here. It's a wonder in the brewery in the kitchen. <laughs> Where do I sign up? <laughs> um, but there's something that we're we're trying to do. Is we're, we're keeping it all on site at the moment, um, and it, just having that control over it is really important for us. Um, and not being told by distributors or bottle shops or um, marketers what sort of styles yeah. we should be making. It's it's listening to our customers and realizing, oh, you know what? Everyone's coming in. They're, they're loving. The saison, they're loving the IPA, they're loving the red rye, they're loving the ESB. That's what we need to focus on, and not being told by a marketing board or yeah. um, you know, a distributor on the east coast who's saying, that, "Oh, you've sold three pallets of this, you need to keep making it." No, it's 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 kind of it's touch and feel here, um, and and getting that feedback direct from the consumer is what we love. Do you find that you can sway people as well, one way or another, like to someone who wouldn't normally try the Sommelier sa- uh, saison, for example? Yeah, do you, do you, do you absolutely. Have a bit of, yeah. yeah, and it's uh, we we do a great feed me menu at the moment in the restaurant. Um, and I was saying before how we pair different different meals with, with different beer styles uh, and wine wine styles as well. Um, and the amount of times people say, "I would have never ordered a red rye IPA with my pumpkin," yeah. but now that I've seen it, I'm, you know, I've, I've been converted. Um, so good. And that's how really good fun. That? That's that's really, that's really refreshing and um, yeah, rewarding. That's also another thing is that that uh, people sometimes aren't drinking these beers. Correctly, and that's that's a, a, a wanky thing to say, but that's right. You're talking to a winemaker. Get as wanky as you want. They are brewed to be enjoyed and and taken in different ways. We actually had a discussion the other day about why someone would brew a, a you know a seven percent red IPA as opposed to a you know a, an amber style session beer. Yeah. And um, it's, it's just it's, the fact that you, put, you guys are here to help people make those decisions is uh, you know. Really important. I, I feel really important for the for the for the, the the way that the beer industry and the way that this is progressing. Like, just making sure the quality yeah. stays. Unless you control yeah. the quality, I'm just yeah, it's yeah. important. And you know, I love being able to just run through the taps really quickly every morning, just make sure everything's up to scratch. Um, that's that's really important. And you can't do that when you're distributing all over the country and someone's throwing a keg in a, on a forty degree day out in the sun for a, a back few of days. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, that's that's really important. So, so where do you see Victor's Place going? Uh, what, what, what do you see? Well, we've only been open for, well, about 10 months. So I can't believe that. <laughs> do you know what? Our, our initial um, uh, aim was not to go broke in the first year. <laughs> Are you still here? <laughs> We're still here. Don't, don't talk to the bank. But, uh, <laughs> good, I don't talk to money either. <laughs> um, no, look, we're, we're, we're happy with what we've achieved so far. 
Um, we'd love to get the word out um, and have more people come to visit us, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, days like today where we get to come in and actually you guys come in um, and help us get the word out, that's really, really helpful. Um, and it's it's confusing for people. When they, they drive past and they say, oh, it's a winery, oh, it's a brewery, oh, it's a restaurant. Yeah. It's, what is it, really? Um, but you need to come in and see. Um, yeah, they need to come in and see. Say yeah. that again. <laughs> you need to come in and see. <laughs> They do because they're missing out if they haven't haven't dropped in. And it's, it is one of these places that I have driven by and I didn't like – I feel like I, I go to Victor Harbour all the time, but like just to see how quickly this went from a shed to this is uh, – yeah. I'm lost for words. Mm. And uh, it's just it's just a testament to you guys and the work you've put in because you should see my house. <laughs> <laughs> you should be proud of what you've done. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, before you sign off, you do need to try uh, – the kitchen's just brought out some duck liver donuts. Yes, um, absolutely. With some thank you very much. caramel. <laughs> uh, I think you might, might need to have a crack at that with yeah, the CSB. Here we go. That's, 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 sort of, that's, that's what we're all about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Wow. I go for it. I, I'm, I'm a veggie. <laughs> and it's you should have told me. Yeah, this has been a few months now. You look at me heaps weird. What do you mean? I don't eat meat. Okay. I know. I know. Yeah, no. These boys have. You should have told us because what we do for Vegos is we don't do a duck liver donut. Uh, we do a, beet, a smoked beetroot reduction donut. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. No, no, but no, oh, thank you very much. But that's, yeah, no, really, really thank you. Hey. Cool. Now, boys, no, explain. Tell. Incredible. Forget about me for a bit. You boys, I know. It's hard. I'm looking at them both and they're both just drawing from the They've got very full mouths. I never thought you could have a duck liver donut yeah. in a million years. Where did this come from? And, <laughs> who came up from? like this? was the kitchen crew having a few pints at the end of a shift saying, you know what would go really good with this is a bit of duck liver. And then someone else said, no, 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 I just want donuts. And we said, oh, I'll just do duck liver donuts. Let's do both. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And now, now what flavours are the boys looking for and stuff? When, so you, you're pairing this with an ESB, but... What what are the reasons behind that, Alan? I've asked you with a mouthful of food. I'm so really, sorry. <laughs> I've got a, a very full mouth duck liver donut right now, but I'll, I'll see what I can do. Duck liver, extremely rich. Um, there's almost a sweetness to it, so I think there's a bit of brandy in that. It's a, they make a duck liver parfait. There's a bit of brandy in that. There's a real rich, um, slightly sweet character, and then the, the actual donut around it is a beignet. Dough, um, which has got a really like almost yeasty flavour to it, as you would expect with a freshly made donut. What you need to get a bit of balance with that is something crisp and clean. And it's a beer, okay, and, mm. and that just washes the palate free. But it's a, it's a beautiful combination of flavours. It's, it's a really top good. end beer snack. Mm. It's really hard to use. Now, I've known Simo for a very long time, and you're looking at that. He's impressed. Uh, There's only one left, and Simo and I. I've had two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the danger with this sort of thing and, and um, it being involved in this sort of pursuit is that if you guys are welcome back anytime, of course. I've really enjoyed this podcast, but if you come back in a year, and this duck liver donut is still on the menu. I'm going to be about 200 pounds. Right? <laughs> you can join me there. Mate. <laughs> I'm be a bit cheeky. I won't be vegetarian though. A bit cheeky. We get the beer and the wine. Come for the duck liver. <laughs> That's all you need to come down here for. Unbelievable. Nice. Yeah. Yum. That's lovely. So, Yum. What, do you do you offer like a bit of a, a pairing? Like, do you do let's do three beers and then here's three different dishes Snacks that, or that yeah or? yeah um what we're looking forward to is the the weather warming up we've got this beautiful grass area with the deck and a, an undercover veranda as well um through winter we've been sort of focused on the the restaurant side of things but we're working on um hopefully a bit of a snacks menu so yeah you come in a couple of schooners a couple of different beers pair it with a few different snacks awesome. sit down on the grass um and it's that it's being able to offer a, a casual experience um, we, you know, a couple of pints and, and a few things that just fit with it nicely from the kitchen, um, or you know, a special occasion, or, or after a big, uh, nice feed me lunch, and you come in yeah, and yeah. sit down and, and dine with the beer and the wine pairings as well. So, <laughs> I'm going yeah. 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 for another. Like, like I said, give me a year, I'll be two hundred pounds. <laughs> do you do functions here? 
Uh, we're starting to. Yeah. Chris needs to get married. Yeah. The <laughs> For the second time, I'll throw that in there. No, look, it's, it's a really intimate space. So we the license for uh, 50 people inside okay. and 30 people outside. So it okay. lends itself really well to you know, small gatherings. And, yep. uh, certainly looking at functions. Um, okay. It's it's a great space to be mm. and Then you don't have to argue if you're going to a brewery or a winery. You just come here yeah, and every, you, you make everyone we'll happy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And with us coming all the time now, you're going to probably need to expand that brewery. So, <laughs> is there any plans? Another couple of tanks. Yeah, yeah. Is, is there any, any plans for the future? To yeah, to, look, to when we design things, we, we kept in mind um, that you, you, you always want to be able to grow if you can. Um, right now, we're really, really happy with the, the size that we're at. Um, again, having that direct um, relationship with all the consumers, being able to, to speak through everything uh, that we're doing. Um, in the future, who knows? Um, it really depends. I, I love um, knowing intimately each barrel of wine that I've got. Um, I know exactly what's going on in them. I know every batch of beer um, and making sure that, that quality assurance is there. So, yeah, if, if we grow, it's going to be a slow growth. Uh, we're not out to take over the world. We're really happy with our little corner of it down in the Farmville. So, yeah, come and check it out. Awesome. And and so, I guess, unless you boys have, have much more to say. Oh, like, I mean, my question was, like, where, where do you see the whole um, – craft beer industry going i mean we're seeing a lot of limited edition beers things like that whether i don't know i see some beers putting kiwi fruit in and all these out there kind of beers you see that's the future or can people maintain that look personally i think everyone needs to be a little bit careful about chasing trends um yeah. and you, you see you know it's it's neepers at the moment and it's it's fruited uh berliner vices yeah. and it, it's great to be trying new things and i'm all in favor of that um, I just worry about trying new things just for the sake of chasing uh, a passing trend. Um, like I said, our, our beer is a little bit based on traditional um, beer brewing techniques throughout Europe. Um, if you do chase trends, you've got to be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, <laughs> a very good point. Um, and the industry is sort of broken into a couple of different sectors, one being very much on-premise based. Um, that's where we're sitting. Um, the other is uh, it's about shelf space. Um, yeah. And that's the pointy end of the business. Um, that's about making sure that you, you're tied in with the right distribution chains. Uh, it's about logistics as much as it is about brewing um, and relationships of um, you know, with, with pub chains and things. Now that's that's not a side that we're overly interested in. Um, sounds boring to me. <laughs> it, it can become a business. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard and that, that takes away your, I guess, artistic expression. Yeah. Um, when you're suddenly told by someone that you need to start brewing these styles of beers, you need to yeah. create this sort of volume, you need to keep these distribution chains or marketing consultants happy, um, that, that can be hard. When you come to it from a, a homebrew background and doing it for the, the passion, um, that can be disheartening, I imagine. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're trying to stay a little bit more on the side of on-premise, direct-to-consumer, um, trying out new things that we enjoy um, that are based on tradition. That's that's. A- a final question is, what do you want Victor's place to be known for? And you've there answered you it in one fast <laughs> right there. So. He's a fishing animal, isn't he? He is, he is. And man. duck liver donuts. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Duck oh. liver donuts. Yes. Uh, so we're going to see you at uh, festivals and stuff in the in the future. We're, we're hoping. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, um, <laughs> as much as I say, we love being on-premise, direct to customers. Um, it's great to be out there in the trade and... Um, taking part we went down to beer and barbecue uh, with the crew a couple of weeks ago um and i, I wasn't happy the next morning when i woke up with a throbbing <laughs> headache it was, it was great to see so many people so passionate and enthusiastic about trying different beers um so yeah that's that's certainly something we're looking at in the future that's What's, great um what what beers do you like drinking from that fest are there any particular that you style that you like again it's, it's the sour beers yeah. um yeah. that i'm interested in and i was uh, i was amazed to see so many sour beers um so fruit driven um yeah. for me I, I actually like that real lactic the, the actual acid side of, of the beers uh, of, of those sour beers um and that's why i'm excited about our rose the berliner weiss yeah. the ones where you have smack your lips yeah, up you drink yeah, them. yeah. really <laughs> makes you pucker up it's, it's, it's cool um, but just seeing so many different beer styles um and again there's trends out there and seeing how different people interpret them is, is quite interesting uh, but just seeing so many passionate brewers, um, yeah, it was great. Away, away from yeah. away from your own beer, what is kept in your fridge at home? 
a lot of wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's a there's a couple of Lambex. Um, that's something that's okay. uh, really intriguing for me. It's something that I know you, you can't just go out and create a Lambex beer. That's that's too hard. You, you need to be in the region to be making right. it. But that's the that's the style that um, down the track um, yeah, we'd love to cultivate that. It'd be just incredible to have a space with a few, you know, barrel fermented sour beers, a bit of Britannomyces going on, a bit of funk, a bit of dirtiness, which my winemaking mates say, good God, you must be insane inviting that sort of thing in. Um, it would probably have to be on a different premise from here. Um, but if, if we could start to get towards that really, um, that cultured, wild, barrel fermented, sour beer that's the thing that amazes me about them is that they're completely faulty they're wrong and yeah. if, if you just created a beer like that you'd probably be left out of town but if you do it in the right region um that's tradition and culture and that that intrigues me that it's it's the context of, of looking at these things through a different different perspective that changes um your whole perception of things it's an infected beer isn't it that's yeah. exactly yeah. what yeah. it is yeah. it's actually off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Delicious it's off beer. Yeah. <laughs> um in the right context of course if you cracked a can of uh coopers and it tasted like that you'd say well yeah, yeah there's, there's a bad batch there have you entered in any awards or no beer competition no we haven't um we've, we've kind of gone about our thing in our own little place yeah. in the world here um would love to in the future um, get the beers out there and have them judged. You let a couple of people win some golds first before you sweep it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, again, coming to it from the winemaking background, the, the wine shows, um, yeah, they're useful. It's good to get your, your things out there and benchmark them against others. Um, but there's there's politics involved as well. Okay. Um, and there's, there's, we call them show wines. And okay. there's the show beers as well. And they're yeah, designed yeah. to stand out from the crowd. And when you, you're tasting through 200 wines in a day, uh, yeah, the one that's a little bit more alcoholic, a little bit oakier, stands out, and um, some yeah. judges they fall for that. Um, and the traditional styles quite often get get lost in the crowd. So we're aware of that as well. Mm, that's true. All right, lovely. Well, thank you very much for chatting to us today. Alan. Thanks for coming down. That's great. Give me an excuse to eat duck liver donuts and oh. drink beer at ten a.m. <laughs> <laughs> great. Sounds pretty good. <laughs> Your voice, by the way, is just chocolate silk and I just want to hone it and put it on radio yes. oh, it is yeah, amazing I'm glad there's no cameras around the <laughs> me too me too. so before we go can you please tell everyone have a big you know we are we have big displacement for tell them where you are who you are ways to get in touch all of that socials absolutely the website's uh, victorsplace.com.au uh, the socials, Insta, Facebook, not hard to find. I'm sure you'll find us. TripAdvisor, if you don't trust me, uh, people seem to like what we're doing, so have a look at that. Uh, yeah, come on down and have a chat. It's a, it's a small place. Um, we'd love to see you, whether you're into your wines or beers, fine dining, casual dining, whatever it may be, I think you'll find something here. Again, th thank you very much for having us. Uh, come say g'day, get some food, get some beer, get some wine. What more do I need to tell you? That's, <laughs> that's three big ticks, so... Uh, hopefully we see a, see a whole heap of people down here uh, very soon. Um, get your tasting notes and your pairing notes as well. Yep. Make sure you're you're drinking along and come come and grab some uh, takeaways and uh, and uh, drink along with the, on the show with us. So um, again, thank you very much, Alan, for having us. We're gonna we're Wonderful gonna host. pause now so we can go and have some beers without these headphones and stuff on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see all you guys uh, next time. So thank you very much. Come say good day. Thanks for listening. Thanks, see you later. Thank you.